Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another East Tennessee Fishing Report with Ellis Ward. How you doing, Ellis? I'm doing well, Miles. How are you? As always, I'm just trying to stay out of trouble, and uh, we were talking before we started recording. Um, your weather's been yo-yoing around a little bit, but you're getting ready probably to kind of get into kind of what we would call traditional early spring weather in East Tennessee. Yeah, we've had a couple really warm days scattered throughout some and by really warm i do mean um upper 70s low 80s and kind of scattered throughout some some chillier and and rainier days which we have right now but um upper 50s low 60s and increasing photo periods so more of the the high sun and um a sun that is higher in the sky telling telling everything to get going very very neat and so what's that translating to on the water well what's on my mind inescapably right now is um the caddis coming up in the next couple weeks um i think we talked about this last time when I, I took a giant swing and had an even bigger miss on the weather, but there were, there were, um, 18 to 22s, pretty small caddis. I mean, a lot of them, even in the, the 20 to 24. Um, but those are the precursors to the big caddis hatch. And when I say big caddis hatch, it's both big numbers and big flies. You're getting, um, really hefty 14s and a lot of 16s and um you can be fishing 12s and it's for periods of time in different sections over different days it lasts for a couple weeks um it's you know you're going they like they get near structure so you're going under a tree or you drop down through a riffle and hit a cliff and you're spitting bugs out. I'm washing my boat out, even if it's not raining um, or we're getting dirty just because there's so many dead bugs in it. They, they tend to get up into the underside of the boat and you're shaking them out of your waders. So it, uh similar to the, the lake fish and the stripers and a bunch of other stuff that happens on these watersheds it's it's a pretty cool period of time yeah so are you picking out fish to fish to um or are you fishing the river it it depends on i would say this the section the current speed and um the the protocol for the day so an, an example of kind of the two different spectrums would be there's a section with a lot of fish going off. I, I, at the top of a run, when we see fish rising or with the caddis, it's a really interesting, they're eating most of the time they're eating the caddis pupa, which is something you hear about. And that's all cool. Uh, scare your caddis. That's great. Um, and then you see it and a buddy of mine who had, taking a, a rainbow trout home for fish sticks sent me um the contents of its stomach and it was 100 percent caddis pupa and the way that they eat 
you can hear it. It's the same noise, almost the same noise as the as the trout make when they're eating cicadas. Um, it, it's very unlike any other topwater eat. It, it's more of a pop. They're coming up and they're really attacking something on the water. And it's not because they're trying to swipe at a caddis that is getting away. Um, they're they're eating the caddis equivalent of an emerger, which is something that is shaking and air filled and um, just about to come up out of the surface. Still has the shuck on, and so it's you, you'll look down. It's not a field of risers. It looks like a field of little landmines going off, and it sounds like it too. So at, at that point. I'm still going to request and um, you know emphasize the importance of of fishing to a fish because it's not like they're everywhere, but those fish are eating. You know they're they're coming up and eating something that is moving, versus sitting in a lane and waiting for bugs to come right over the rock that they're next to. So you can get away with a little bit of the the fishing the river deal, but I I still do like to, you know, wait wait for a couple eats and get our distance and bearings and and start approaching it that way. Yeah, and so when you have a blanket hatch, how how do you like to differentiate your fly from what's on the water, right? Because it's got to look a little bit different one way or the other to maybe get the fish to take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I I do something a little bit different and um, hopefully I can show you the finer points of that. Um, getting you on my boat here next couple of weeks. Um, but I will, I'll basically apply a lot of movement to whatever it is. So the whole skittering caddis, if you're fishing in a merger, Man, even a pheasant tail. I mean, the movement that these pupa have, um, that's, I think, the trigger in, in most places. You'll, you'll still get big eats and great fish on a deer hair caddis that's just dead drifting. But certainly what I do is, is to put on something that is big enough for the angler to see. So a either a deer hair um caddis without the hackle so it's not sitting up above the water the deer hair is kind of holding it up like um cdc and the body's sort of stuck into the water but you can see that deer hair pretty well and then rod tip either straight or even down a little bit and and giving it, it almost like two or three strips fishing streamers or, or fishing a, a popper one strip, 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 and then you're letting it die and, and move through the current. Um, same deal in in the the slack sections. It just it, it's a way to get the attention real quickly and then give them the opportunity to eat it on on the dead drift. Uh, got it. And we got a question for you too from Chris, and he wanted to get your thoughts on how irregular generation patterns affect feeding. Uh, patterns on the Watauga and the South Holston. How irregular? Yes. Sure. Um, so I'm just going to make 
make an assumption that uh, he might be talking about inter-day. If you're fishing high water and then it goes to low water, if it's been high water and it's going to low water, that transition period can be a great time to to get the remaining uh, fish-eating streamers off the banks that are still covered up with enough to give that bank a good holding line um, or a good uh, feeding line. Once it gets to low after it's been high, a lot of those fish are going to be turned off and, and it's just, they're so exposed to herons, ospreys, eagles, anglers. Um, it, it's just, it's the risk to eat at that point relative to what they were just doing is too high. So after it's low, I would always encourage continuing to probe the fishy looking spots, but throughout the, the Wataga, you, you can't be floating the South Holston and in, in the in low unless you're in the, the lower sections. But throughout the Wataga in low and the lower South Holston in low, um, those fish are still they're predators, and you know they they aren't like musky. They're not just going to come up and choose to eat if they get convinced by something they will eat it. So it, it's been low for pretty consistently for a couple weeks now and um i've been consistently getting fish to eat streamers and getting some nice nice fish some nice browns coming off the banks eating streamers so they're, they're still there they're still feeding but they're not in the same places so you do have to sort of pick your head up and reevaluate the river and, and almost look at it as though you were there for the first time and ignore the fact that it's low water and say, all right, what looks good now? And hit that. Yeah. And I would say too, like, I know there's like a regular generation for long periods of time, but then you kind of get to that thing where, you know, if it's really hot in the summer, they're going to generate at some oddball time because they need some electricity. And I guess another way to think about, you know, the shorter period stuff is like, really the fish behave the same when the switch gets turned on and the switch gets turned off right because my experience is when generation starts these fish come out of nowhere right and the current yeah. then the yeah. current puts them on structure and to your point they may be eating streamers off the bank and then when the water falls they're going to go back to where they were and so in some ways for like uh that kind of you know, not like long periods of kind of oddball generation, but just to think about like, well, what happens when the water gets turned on and what happens when the water gets turned off might be a good way to think about it too. Right. And like you said, those things almost manifest out of nowhere. Well, they weren't very far. They're just, they're hiding. They're hiding better and they're hiding with less of an appetite to to make a risky move. So yeah, you, you assume they're there and, and look at where is safe for a fish. And you know, that, that includes weed beds and um, those pulses can also influence bug activity, both high and low. It's not just the low water dry fly fishing. When that stuff comes on, I've seen it far more than once. You can get some, some blanket hatches, just within an hour of of water reaching a place, um, if if the bugs were already coming off, and it's just um, it's it's more cover for the bugs, and that can just, of course, cascade down and, and turn all types of fishing on. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, folks, we love questions on the Articulate Fly. You can DM us on social media. You can email them to us, whatever is easiest for you. And if we use your question, I will send you some Articulate Fly swag. Then you're going to a drawing for two days of fishing with Ellis and a night at the Watauga River Lodge. Um, so you really need to get qu- your questions in because if you don't play, you can't win. And uh, Ellis, before I let you hop, you want to let folks know where they can find you uh, on the internet and on social so they can book in fish with you. Yes, I am on Instagram at Ellis Ward Guides, and uh, my website is ellisWardFlies.com, which can also be reached at ellisWardFishing.com. Uh, best way to just reach out, um, connect, send me a message on Instagram, or um, Give me a call or a text at 513-543-0019. Well, there you go. And folks, you know, the weather's just getting better. You owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Ellis. Appreciate it, Marv.